wanting just soul and innovation like so, choosing the fountain over a straw, electing ideas that soar with impracticality, idealism, and what might be known as vision before that word became defeatism. Let's speak life today. For those of you listening, Aaron just cringed, but thank you for the poem, as always. I feel a little bit bad because I think these are getting worse, at least <laughs> the ones that I write. So maybe next week next week can be your turn. It's my turn? Okay, sounds good. But speak life. I remember that was kind of your motto when we first met when we were, we were teenagers. Do you want to kind of elaborate what that means? Because I also think it's it's appropriate for solo scene. It is very appropriate for solo scene. It's a Christian message. Basically. Yeah, it's a bit, what would you say? cliche overly optimistic but yeah why say anything that is going to bring death and not necessarily literal death but bad vibes bad vibes yeah (laughs) there's also a a song right yeah called speak life by by toby Toby mac Mac. (laughs) shout out to 2012 and those hats that he wore yeah but anyway on that poem it was kind of like describing solar sites in general or i like to think people who are listening to the podcast they want these things just as in like only soul and also like uh it's injustice as injustice and soul that's also kind of that that christian or let's just say religious connection again because we do record these every sunday morning so that does have (laughs) a kind of like weekly um ritual it's like the setting the week off in the right way Mm -hmm. you know like how people leave church and they're feeling energized and and clean for the week mm-hmm. that sounds so like arrogant for me to be describing it like that but i'm just talking about for you and i yeah yeah it's a good it's a good habit yeah. and it's very inspiring to start the week i am reminded that when we were making the motto for soul scene which is imagining a beautiful sustainable tactile future we debated on doing just in there as well yes beautiful sustainable tactile just and it still someday could make an appearance nah. but we <laughs> We imagined that beautiful and sustainable encapsulated just like it's kind of assumed that it's not going to be beautiful and like unjust. Right. So just for those of you listening who are wondering, what do they stand for? Justice or injustice? We do, in fact, stand for justice. Well, speak for yourself. But it's just it's an example like um, there's a famous Scooby-Doo song called uh, Earth, Wind, Fire and Air. Right, where they're going over the four elements. I'll let people track that down, or if you know, you know. But it's funny because it's like wind and air. Those, like, that's, <laughs> the same. Re- that's redundant. So that's why we think like if we threw in just, that would be redundant. It would yeah. be like if we said beautiful, sustainable, tactile, pretty. Right? Yeah. <laughs> beautiful covers that already. But today we are talking about Solacene devices. We're continuing the internet semester by talking about all the ways that you'll be able to access the internet in our utopian future what about internet connected fridges alicia do we have those i don't think so okay (laughs) (laughs) so you said you have a meme of the week right right? yes the meme of the week that we do every episode i thought i could start it off early this week because it leads in well to conversation and it's another phrasal template which is a term that you brought to our attention last week and I'm not sure how familiar you are with this. I don't know how big this one is, but it is the meme that goes, born too late to explore the Earth, born too early to explore the universe, born just in time to blank. 
usually something oh, comedic. Yeah, I've never seen this one. You've never seen it? No. So it originated on some message board, I think I read in like 2011 or 2012. And usually that third part is occupied by something kind of silly about modern life. So like a few that I read, it was like, born too late to explore the earth, born too early to explore the universe, born just in time to browse memes, mm-hmm. or born to just in time to watch The Walking Dead, to experience the McRib. Or born just in time to scroll Twitter on the toilet. So it's always something that's kind of self-deprecating, but not just for yourself, for the whole era that we're in. Mm-hmm. And I know it's a it's a point of comedy. It kind of aggrandizes the past and the future and makes the present just seem like this dull, unfortunate kind of intermediate moment. But I do think there's something truth to the two notions of exploration of space and of the earth and us being in this kind of... It's like, man, there's nowhere to go that's just not on a map mm. which is kind of stinky obviously the ocean those are like unexplored but that's out of most people's grasp and i think like most of the memes of the week what we try to do is pull some kind of meaning out of the ostensible kind of lightness of it so i think what this one really gets at is how tedious a lot of modern life can seem and i really think that's the word for it like it's just dull a lot of the times that's how it can appear mm. because what the meme kind of gets at is the past was so exciting, the future is so exciting, in the present we have the McRib mm. or memes. It's like, this isn't that good. And I know something else people might say is like that there are a lot of frontiers today mm. that we're on, but they just don't pertain to physical exploration. It's more technological innovation. And that's why I thought it'd be a good lead-in for today's episode about devices. But my note on that, like my response to that is that not every frontier is a good thing. Not every mm-hmm. innovation is good. Yeah, that's really true. Because it's like if there was a new frontier, I talked about it months ago at this point, but the the commercial space race of trying to get machines to the moon to convert yes. moon resources into oil and stuff to then fuel further exploration. Yeah. And that's just, it's kind of sickening to think about of already looking towards exploiting other places. So that's place-based, but it's still, I wouldn't say, something that should be especially encouraged at this point in time. And it's similar for, I don't necessarily think exploring deeper into the AI stream is good for society. Right. I didn't want to get too kind of myopic about the the topic of AI for this episode, just because I feel like we've covered it. Quite a lot yeah, before. yeah, that's true. And also, like, I think it's just, it's quite easy to be very small time about that and think, but my job's going to be gone, but it's like, mm-hmm. it might open new jobs and all this kind of thing. So I didn't, like, I don't know the exact economic impacts of that in particular. Mm-hmm. But what this, um, what this meme and, and just the general conversation going on about chat GPT and the Neuralink idea of like physically linking your brain to the internet, maybe just making more formal or more universal a kind of synchronization that we all already have to an extent is the idea of the myth of progress Mm. which i had kind of mistakenly always i don't know if i had this in a class once or if i just invented it i thought this was called progressivism but that's something else but anyway the myth of progress which basically refers to the idea that the human condition inevitably improves Mm. and i think a lot of us fall into this trap there's also there's a lot of examples of it. Like when you say something is medieval, basically you mean that's bad. 
mm-hmm. it was from the past. Also kind of adjacent to this is the appeal to novelty, which mm-hmm. basically means that because something is new, that makes it cool and interesting and better. And I think just as bad as this, obviously, is the appeal to tradition, which I think maybe people would get the wrong idea sometimes about our podcast. That we're just always saying, it was in the past, it was better. Mm-hmm. Like, that's that's just as bad as the appeal to novelty. Mm-hmm. Or as um, there's this funny term that C.S. Lewis coined that I read, which is chronological snobbery. So I just feel like either way, to, mm. to, to make that the basis of your value judgments, that's a, that's a shame. But anyway, this notion of the myth of progress has been on my mind a lot because of the news and also because this is kind of out of character and also like not something I like to admit, but I got into an argument on Reddit about something adjacent to this a few weeks ago, which was about, about AI as a tool and also just about the internet as a tool in general. And I remember the person was basically saying, making what I think is this myth of progress, saying that things just get better with better technology. Mm-hmm. And they were talking about like academic assignments, be it for high school or university, about how having access to the internet has improved this so much because you no longer have to go to a library and find possibly outdated information. It would take a long time. You know, it's just a lot less convenient and possibly less accurate. Mm-hmm. And I was asking them, like, but have the assignments, the essays, let's say, in high school or university actually improved with this technology and they just kind of kept skirting the question and being like well of course you don't think technology would have improved those and i'm like in an ideal world increases in technology correlates to the users being more intelligent you know whatever Mm -hmm. um, improved but i was questioning whether that actually was the case it's a bit of a convoluted thing to mention but you know what i'm talking about yeah absolutely i think in the solar scene as like say the solar scene started 300 years ago. Yeah. As we developed these technologies of online databases for academic research papers, we would also be equipping people with the tools to be like, okay, you're going to have a lot of access to information. Right. You still need to absorb it because right now you can look at, like even in preparation for this, I probably read through five to 10 articles start to finish. Mm-hmm. Absorbed very little because I knew I could take notes, knew I could refer back to them. So in the solar scene, I think people would, whoever was developing the internet would perhaps have some kind of safeguards in to make sure that people still were learning. Mm. Because even if the essays are getting better, which I feel like just from anecdotal experience, they're not. But I think... Are people graduating with more more knowledge in that field? It feels like they're not. Because if you talk to someone who graduated... 50 years ago from whatever it may be it could be secretary like someone who did studied being a secretary or someone who studied management they can basically quote what they learned like they really internalized and seriously learned it but right now we graduated three or how long two years ago case in point and i don't know too much about what i learned in university sure. so i think it's a bit yeah i think you are right in that argument I'm always right yeah but it, but what i'm trying to get at is just like innovation for the sake of innovation is not always good there are some frontiers which are bad mm-hmm. drugs cutting edge drugs probably bad i'm talking about recreational drugs or um processed food mm-hmm. that's something that's interesting or a quote that i had because of the myth of progress it is much easier to sell a man an electric razor than a straight-edged one mm-hmm. which is very true obviously and 
probably can be, can be applied to a ton of different products or just like mm. areas of, of life. And it contrasts the traditional method, which in this case of razors is cleaner, simpler, and cheaper over time. I yeah. Believe, to kind of a newfangled thing that, again, because of the, the myth of progress, people think, wow, this razor is electric and it has this many so-and-sos, it must be better. What's really fascinating about this, I think, is that in the last decade or so, traditional straight-edge razors have made a massive comeback. It's true. Right? Like, it was it was practically a dead industry and now has, uh, has just, like, multiplied because mm. of interest, I think, because of the internet. Like, I think if the internet hadn't, let's say, happened or social media hadn't happened, people wouldn't have been able to so, mm. at least so quickly see through those decades of basically advertising and conditioning, right? The, the, yeah. the Gillette model is the best thing. So that's what people mean when they talk about the internet in a positive light as a democratizing force because it lets people see through mm. these things. Or like something's happening now, um, even like processed food or microplastics. People are kind of waking up to these things. And I think a massive part of it is because of the internet, like allowing them to discuss and share ideas and read. So, but there's also this idea that maybe that would eventually happen with social media or the internet itself, i.e. because of the internet, people start to see through the internet or see past it. Mm. There have definitely been shades of that on the internet. You've yeah. got exactly to the point that I was thinking of, of when we went and watched that compilation of advertisements from the 60s or whatever it was. And it was like, yeah, everything was super plastic, super processed food-wise. And yeah, you could see without the internet, people would still be probably eating a lot of TV dinners yeah. and relying solely on one of those. <laughs> That's so, so sustainability of me. Um, paper towels. <laughs> Forgetting the name of paper towels. But like everybody would be using those for everything. Yeah. But because of the internet because of a kind of dissemination of ideas being like this is kind of silly like we just have cloths or we just have like it's easier to just do food this way people would still be buying into it because yeah when you picture like the the kind of 50s space age home it's like everything was super processed everything was mechanical and yeah. or like the yeah, their idea of ideal was was that because it was because it was sold like, there's a lot of reasons. It was sold to them by General Electric mm -hmm. and by Ford. And um, those corporations, obviously, they like they want things to be cheaper. Yeah. And they want to make more money. So, like, Gillette mm -hmm. probably makes more money with the, the razors, which are something of a lifetime subscription because you have to keep buying them when they break and that yeah. kind of thing, uh, rather than some, like, old-fashioned metal-working company who just sells mm -hmm. the blade. Yeah. Um, so, so, yeah, basically, I think it lets us kind of see past corporates speak sometimes i don't mm -hmm. want to talk about the internet like it's it's wholly free from this because yeah really, we've spent enough episodes kind of decrying how the internet is, is bad for yeah regards, so here's a there's a benefit yeah so i'm going to tell you about the negative impacts of devices in particular so not just the internet but the the physical devices and what they do to us just as a sort of primer and then we can jump off of this into more solutions but the physical impact is that it's causing nearsightedness in kids <laughs> as young as four to five, yeah. like looking at screens. And this was interesting because we both had this kind of pet theory about how kids' eyes look slightly different. <laughs> and we're like, it, it must be because of screens. And it's true. So it 
isn't exactly talked about in how the eyes appear, but it does to an extent. I read a few articles about how it changes the eyes and the appearance of the eyes because they can't see things that are far away. Yeah. And it made me spooked to an extent thinking about my own eyesight in that sometimes things get blurry when they probably shouldn't. And it's not like, like I have very good eyesight, but I find when you spend a lot of time on a screen and then you look at something that isn't the screen, it's like takes you a second to orient. Yeah. I mean, it's funny because even anecdotally, when I was younger, let's say because we're 24, so it's easy, or I'm 24, so it's easy to kind of split our lives in half. Like 12 years ago in 2011, I would say that's a, that's a decent like cutoff point pre-social media, like mm-hmm. massive, massive social media. Um, and the, just the, the so rapid adoption of it. I was thinking about recently how it flipped like within a decade kids shouldn't have phones to you have to get your kid a phone otherwise they'll be left out mm-hmm. or for instance in my in my family and i'm not sure how like i don't think this was based off of any scientific leaning but my parents always say don't sit too close to the television mm-hmm. or don't hold don't sit too close to the computer and now it's funny because our uh, our couch in our apartment is um <laughs> what probably three inches away from the television it's not three inches no, away from the, the it's television very close, though. We have a very small apartment. And it's <laughs> but I'm just saying it's closer than I think a decade ago or, or maybe a decade and a half ago would have been deemed healthy. Mm. Also, they would say things like, don't stare at a computer too long. Don't do it in the dark. Don't mm. do it when you're sick or when you have a headache. And now those things would just be like a boomerism, right? They would be yeah. like, oh, that's ridiculous. But it's like, yeah. but why would that be good for you? Yeah. And also, like, we're not sitting this close to the TV and most people aren't like sitting literally a few inches away, but, but the then we have our phone and yeah. it's, yeah, just, it will always be less than a foot away from your face. Mm. So it's kind of crazy. It also is disturbing sleep cycles, which people know because our circadian rhythms are regulated by light and by the sun. So like when the sun beams in, in the morning, your eyelids are 20% transparent or something. So they absorb the light through and then, you know, they'll wake up and same at night as the sun sets, your body starts releasing melatonin to tell you to go to sleep. But if as the sun's setting, your apartment is fully lit by these blue screens and blue light is what tells your body that it's daytime and that it doesn't need to release melatonin, it'll then be hard to fall asleep. And yeah, it can throw off your sleep cycles, which then cause yeah. stress and so and think on. about how everybody wakes up, their phone alarm. Mm-hmm. And then so immediately there's a screen, you press it, and then it's like, oh, I have notifications and such, like always. Yeah. So, yeah, that reading is just terrible. Yeah. Um, I also wrote here, I don't not believe in EMFs. What's that? <laughs> and that they're bad for us, electromagnetic frequencies. Well, so yeah. that's very um, hippie. But I'm like, I don't see why these would be just good. Mm-hmm. Like, if anything, they're neutral. But I feel <laughs> like they're probably bad. So what they are are the frequencies that our devices give off to connect to the internet and to connect to each other. So they're just like radio waves, but they're a different type of wave, I'm pretty sure. And they, like all of the research into it is still very, you can't tell if it's just like apple cider vinegar science or if it's real science. Yeah, I don't know how to just put it other than that, but it's like I don't see why being in a constant field of these small radiations would be good specifically i remember my great-grandfather 
like being very, very adamant about if you have the microwave on, stand away. Like, don't stand and watch it. Because, you know, when you're a kid, you want to, like, watch the food go around and it was really exciting. Yeah, I still do. Yeah. <laughs> but he was like, he would get upset, like, as if you were doing something right. dangerous, like standing in the street. So I'm like, I'm sure microwaves have improved since when they were originally invented. But still, it's like, I don't see why it would be good for ourselves. But anyway, that's well, very hippie, but... Obviously, <laughs> yeah, these things were more than a little bit tinfoil hat. Yeah. But it makes me raise the question. You know, in, in going back to Christianity, as we do every Sunday, um, <laughs> Pascal's Wager, that's the name of it, right? Which is, I don't know whether all this is true, but, you know, i.e. heaven, hell, believing, praying, all this, doing good, this kind of thing. Don't know whether there's any kind of real credibility to it, but it's best to act like there is, because then... You get to go to heaven, and if there isn't, no harm done. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit like that. With it's like the Pascal's wager of EMFs. Or I remember uh, what is it now? Three years ago, when coronavirus was happening, everyone was like, "It's five G," or a lot of people saying five G mm-hmm. waves. And it's like probably not. But what's the actual harm if we think that it is? Yeah. Like there's there's no harm done mm-hmm. if you stand away from the microwave, turn your phone off, yeah. keep it away from your sensitive areas. You know. Yeah. Also, the placebo effect is very real with these things because I've been listening to a lot of maintenance phase, which is about debunking health myths, basically mainly diet myths. So that's why I used apple cider vinegar as an example. That was very interesting, that episode. If you're interested at all, I highly recommend. Yeah. It also goes to the appeal to novelty, right? Yeah, exactly. Diet. Sounds good. Mm -hmm. Um, But okay, one more thing on EMFs, just for because I'm like super curious, but I think <laughs> I'm, I'm sounding so conspiracy theory. But there are a few things that I'm a conspiracy theorist on. We'll say, <laughs> but I, there was a study done on people sleeping in a EMF protected bed and then measuring their stress hormones like over the six month period. I think the sample size was very small, so like, that's why I don't think it's super legitimate. It was like twenty to twenty four people, and said so twenty out of twenty four had lower cortisol and stuff sleeping in the EMF protected bed. And I'm like, either way, they were less stressed, even if it's not real. So it's interesting. Another negative impact, obviously, is posture and spinal health. Being on screens also promotes a sedentary lifestyle and bad eating habits because we're eating not very mindfully because there's something stimulating us while we're eating and we're not Mm -hmm. just focused on the digestion, which starts in the mouth. And... (laughs) <laughs> this is this is kind of where I was I didn't really finish the point about the myth of progress and my my petty argument on Reddit is that if innovations so-called innovations aren't improving us physically, mentally, socially, if they're in fact degrading these things in addition to the environment, um, then mm. what's the actual innovation? Because I think all those things should be basically the goal of humanity and all like our pursuits and innovation should be make people stronger, smarter, socially better, um, quality of life up, and happier. Mm-hmm. And it's like, if, if people aren't actually happier, then, you know? Mm. Yeah, it's just like GDP is always the universally upheld yeah. measure of progress, but the wellness index is much more right. accurate. I mean, there's something also to be said for, like, relative happiness, mm-hmm. because someone who's, like, objectively in quite a bad state could be happier than obviously like a ceo or something like that yeah but there's things like child mortality Mm -hmm. that plays into this yeah for sure we didn't talk about the environmental impacts of 
technology and the internet yet. So maybe that's something we can do next week is talk about how it impacts the actual climate because this is a podcast about being sustainable, but we think all of this feeds into it. So maybe we can talk about the actual environmental impacts next week. Uh, damaged hearing from headphones right? because you're born with a certain amount of hairs in your ears that sense the sense the sounds and as they are damaged they don't regrow so if you damage your hearing with headphones like you can't get it back unless you have cochlear implants or have you ever accidentally put the headphones in on your phone with all volume up or on the laptop i brass my eardrum in the winter doing that i'm doing that yeah that's the worst thing it's so bad Um, there are some hearing. devices, I'm not sure which one it is. I think it might be your laptop, but when you put headphones in, it, it doesn't change the... No, my laptop does go oh, down. Some, maybe your old one or something. Like that. Yeah, but I was I was shocked with mine that it does that because that is really nice. Well, that's how it should be. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that was just the physical impacts, a quick touch on mental and social impacts of devices. Having a phone, like a cell phone, in the room when having a conversation with a person decreases the conversation quality like a large-scale study was done on this so you don't have to be on it you don't have to be touching it but if it's on the table the quality goes down because there's this kind of hesitance of like yeah not that you're being recorded but that the person's going to pick it up i also think this is kind of a specific example but so much of conversation is like oh yeah what was that and then yeah yeah you trying to figure it out we listen to a podcast it's just a comedy podcast but often there's two co-hosts and one of whom will frequently try and use his phone and the other one will to to figure something out or to reference something or to just for a conversation topic mm-hmm. and the other will always be like don't do that because yeah. that, that ruins the, the fun of it basically mm-hmm. yeah i've found i have a friend who does that and it's something that i definitely used to do and all my friends used to do but i think because you're the only other person i interact with on a daily basis and you don't do it it was really jarring because we were out for pizza and she was like oh just let me look and like i'm not mad about it because i do it as well but it's funny going from being with you who never does it to someone else. And I'm like, oh, interesting. Um, but it definitely yeah, impacts the, the rhythm of the conversation. Obviously, all the mental health impacts of devices are widely documented and studied and known. Like they just cause anxiety, depression, and <laughs> feelings of isolation, loneliness. And I feel like one of those um, drug commercials. But... Yeah, so I'm not going to get too into the mental health because that could be a whole podcast yeah. in itself. Well, I've done a semester on it. It's also somewhat self-evident. You were t- saying to me this week that you were looking up like studies about internet use or device use and potential impact on like attention spans. Yeah. And that they were, the language used in them was always just so hedging mm-hmm. and so kind of, well, duh. Like mm-hmm. it would be, the abstract would say something like, study found a tentative link between people who use their phone what was it, 16 hours a day and a decrease in attention span. Yeah. And it's like, why are we wasting money on this? We all yeah. know it. That's, that's part of my problem with the science of, of technology. Mm-hmm. So much of it is just, it's behind the times. Yeah. It was, that study in particular was, yeah, there were three groups of people who were studied high use, mid, middle use, and low use. And the high, groups, the high use group was 17 and a half hours a day that they were, on devices and said this is correlates to bad health habits <laughs> and it reminds me of again on maintenance phase they were talking about this um diet pill that made you sleep like 16 hours a day or something and it was like well you're gonna not have time to eat 
like if you're sleeping that much so obviously you're gonna lose weight um and i feel like it's kind of the opposite with this it's like if you're not moving like obviously you're going to not exercise because like when when would you like you're going to be sleeping those other few hours Mm -hmm. but anyway a couple more social impacts is that studies on in-person versus virtual communications said that if there's like an emergency or a problem that needs to be solved the collisions of ideas via zoom or via skype are very ineffective because they're not like meaningful say we're trying to hash out an idea and i say something you disagree with you're gonna be like no, that's horrible. Like, da, da, da. Yeah. but via Zoom, your mic's muted. Like, there's no like. It just feels like fake reactions. Time. Yeah. Fake conversation. Um, a couple more things. It stunts imagination in kids. Poor memory, obviously, and distraction. And yeah, it alienates us from one another within your own household, let alone community yeah. at large. And the pros. Listen, so seen as a pro. There, there's Yeah. Watch us on YouTube, and if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Leave a rating or review. Yeah. I mean, like, I'm not <laughs> fully against the internet. I just no, think I you need to greatly, greatly meter how you use it. I mean, the recommended use is one to two hours a day, but the average use is seven plus. Okay. So, well, like, how many jobs require it? Oh, very... I had an anecdote about that, actually. Okay. Because I was reading, there's this, there's a website about low-tech families, like, trying to reduce your family's internet usage, and it said... Rank your devices, which I did, but I won't share because it's kind of kind of pointless. But like list every internet connected device in your home and then rank them based on like how necessary they are. And it's like obviously a home computer will be necessary. And it's not like having a home computer is bad. We're going to get to the computer room in a moment. Mm -hmm. But then it reminded me because it was talking about families and trying to like promote cohesion um, in a world when we're so isolated from the use of devices but in high school there was a switch where we started having to submit everything online yeah but like my family didn't even have a laptop because like we had one i remember we had a desktop and we had laptops that they broke and we we're just like we don't need them the paperless classroom <laughs> and imagine yeah yeah and they didn't give us devices so it was just like if i'm sure i mean i was fortunate that we had like an ipad or something that i could kind of do things on um, via Google Docs, but it was like not everybody has access, yeah, and still only eighty nine percent of families in the U.S. have computers, yeah. and that's like families, the so people with kids. So it's like it's just kind of taken for granted that everybody has a device. And I remember even my cousin when he was in grade five, and he's a year older than me, so that would have been what year twenty twenty ten or so. It was like all of a sudden overnight, it was, yeah, the paperless classroom and they had to go out and buy devices or else they would just not yeah. be able well, to do their the work. restaurants with QR code menus. Yeah. And some of them don't have backup paper menus. Yeah. So we always ask, like, do you have your paper one? And they're like, no. It's like, so what am I supposed to do yeah. if I don't have my phone on me? I just think the, like, this is all just so unnecessary. And I don't, I'm not against computers in schools. I think there should be computer rooms. It shouldn't just be in the classroom because, again, with that study of the phone being in the in the room, decreasing the conversation quality. I think having, do you remember they'd have that line of like four or five computers in a classroom? Yeah. I feel like even just the the mental, you're listening to the teacher talk, mm-hmm. but you're thinking, I can just Google that, so you're not absorbing it. So yeah. I think having a classroom that kind of 
facilitates memory and facilitates creativity is really important. Um, but yeah, on that anecdote, I remember <laughs> being in grade 12 or something and having to like go to school early and sit on one of these laptops in like the biology room and transfer all of my stuff onto it because I had to like handwrite my essay or whatever. And it was just like, I can imagine how alienating this would be for a young kid. Like, fortunately, I was old enough that it was like, whatever. Like, it didn't impact me socially. Yeah. But imagine how, yeah, I can only imagine how horrible that would feel if you were a young kid being like, well, we don't have a laptop or we don't have even a phone that I can use for all these things that are completely necessary. It's tragic. And also the solution most, like a lot of people would say to that is, yeah, schools need to provide laptops and such. And yeah. Such. It's like, why not just provide paper or have paper? Mm -hmm. What's yeah. that? It feels good. Yeah. I mean, people would talk about the sustainable impact of that, which is a joke. A grade five classroom. Yeah, they'll use like one notebook a year and it's like, well, the paper, the trees, yeah. trees. Do we have Solocene recommends for today? I had one. Okay, you go. I also think I have one. Which was, there's a video on YouTube, you know, in keeping with the internet semester, a music video cover by Vampire Weekend of a song called Sunflower. <laughs> they have a song called Sunflower, but this is a cover of the, like the Post Malone one. I think it's on the BBC covers channel. And there's just something about this song or this this performance that sounds so like sunny <laughs> and um, it makes me happy always. Do you have any songs that just make you happy when you listen to them? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, this one makes me happy. It feels very like Solacene in a weird way because I always picture Solacene being like being like someone who surfs. Hmm. So, yeah, and I'm not going to elaborate on that. <laughs> Okay, my soul scene recommends, I mentioned it last week, but I finished it, finished reading it, and it's called Life in Five Senses. It's a book yeah. um, by Gretchen. Gretchen. By Gretchen. Sorry, Gretchen, I don't know your last name. But it's about living life and trying to engage all five senses. And I heard her on the Happiness Lab, I'm pretty sure, or on Being One or the Other. Oh, your pods. I'm man. sorry, my pods. <laughs> um, talk about it. So if you don't want to buy the book, that was a great book interview and it really did summarize the book to a tease so like, you don't have to read it because reading it was like i had got the gist from the podcast but i'm still glad i read it and it's about yeah engaging all five senses and she went to the met every day for a year and inspired by her i've gone to the montreal museum every day for a week which is not as big an undertaking well, but it's it still been a very soliciting experience in that my original plan was that I'd get through the whole museum in the week, but I got through one exhibit. That's even more soliciting. <laughs> and it was because I reached a point like day three or something. I was like, I should just walk through and then go through the rest of the museum. But it was a very like, I feel like it changed my brain chemistry as the, the internet slang goes in that my goal was to read every single description of all of the items. And I did that for an entire exhibit. So now they're kind of lasered into my brain and like I remember it and I imagine if I went back and they had maybe loaned out a piece to another museum or whatever I would note it whereas before I wouldn't and yeah I just recommend trying that activity of going to the same place every day for a set amount of time it was very cool we're gonna go today for the final day and yeah read that book or listen to the podcast about it it's really great when you had a, when you said you had a solo scene recommends I worried you were about to say clambake Clambake was a good movie, I'll admit. <laughs> so talking about the Solocene device ecosystem, which is kind of the purpose of this episode, 
I went a little bit minimalist with my pick. Also, we haven't conferred on this, which is kind of fun. Mm. And also, our visions might not align 100%. But obviously, my preface is that this is very simplified, and everybody in the solo scene as today will have different needs. So, mm -hmm. for instance, if you are like an artist or a graphic designer, you're probably going to want, if not need, a drawing tablet. Yeah. Right? An internet connected, something like that. So, but this is just like the average person, or let's just say myself. Mm -hmm. So here's what I have. It's three things, three different devices. In the home? Just period. In okay. one's life. This is all you, this is all. Okay. Nothing else. No internet connected, posters, fridges, cars, nothing. Nothing. Okay. So the first one, I'll go from small to biggest. Okay. Is a watch slash Tamagotchi. That's what I've written down. <laughs> so necessary. And let me get to it. My my vision for this is something really Jules Vernian, something really Vernian, something that looks like a part of a submarine, something that has a lot of buttons and like whirring and beeps and boops and bops, something that is just embodiment of tactile. Mm. There's there's some phone I think it's like I don't know if it's a real product or just a Kickstarter or a concept that has like it's a smartphone but it it also like requires different like. You pull different things and has little levers that you have to interact with to, to mm. operate it. Have you seen that? I've heard that. of it, yeah. So something like that. Lots of buttons, lots of wiring, beeps and boops. And the primary goal for this is health. Because mm. that's something that I think is really awesome about the, the smart watches. That they can monitor all your different health signals. I think that advancement, like that's where more innovation, time and effort and money should be going. Yeah. So that people will know more about themselves. I think if we could like test our own blood or something crazy. Like, I just mm -hmm. think there is no limit to this. Yeah. That, that's the thing with sustainability. It's like, this can never really get too much. Yeah. Because that's, that's a good thing. That's where we should be, where we should be going. It'll make us healthier people. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's great. And it makes sense to have that be portable. And maybe it monitors your sleep or something. I don't know. Maybe it doesn't have those evil rays that you were talking about. If yeah. those exist. Yeah, that was my number one <laughs> device as well, was some kind of health device that doesn't currently exist. It doesn't have to be a watch. It could be some kind of a station. But yeah, that you can upload. I like the possibility of it. Though. Yeah, that's good. I think also with the watch, with the, with the portable device, making friends, exchanging details or data, or um, as we talked about in a, a long time ago, like in a Nintendo 3DS Street Pass style, just always buzzing when you pass someone who has similar things set to you. So it, it's more kind of a... A geographic social media which would be mm. which would be very helpful so so something like yeah. that but it has such a small screen which i know is people's complaint with the watches it's like the smart yeah. watches today it's like oh it's a small screen you can't do anything on there that's the point it doesn't mm -hmm. have you scrolling and you're not really spending time looking at it except to check the time or perhaps it has that like walkie-talkie function that the apple watch has which i think is, mm. is really fun and would make you feel like a spy and <laughs> maybe you can listen to music on it i'm not sure about that yeah. I, I like this because it has all the things that I like about the mobile devices, but without the screen, therefore without the addiction. And yeah. obviously we can get addicted to things like the pedometers when those were a fad. People were like addicted to counting their steps or whatever. Mm -hmm. but, but it's like, is that yeah. that bad? Yeah. For the most part, no. And yeah, I think the health, just more and more health options at home. I learned the Apple Watch, the newest one, can like take your temperature, which to me is like so cool. Right. Because, like, if you woke up, because you know when you're sick, you're like, do I have a fever? 
It was just like you just kind of know. Have a thermometer in the house. Yeah, I thought we had one. No, no, that yeah, that disappeared. And also, because my friend was telling me she was about to buy one, and she was like, it can track your cycle from your temperatures because that's thing that you can do is like your temperature drops at certain points during your cycle and i was like this is amazing because i never take my temperature this is where technology should be going i know it's so cool we shouldn't know less about ourselves than we did 50 years ago and be less healthy but in the main it seems like that's kind of how technology has taken us yeah and the reason i say part tamagotchi is because as i said with the interaction i just think it should have a fun aspect to it yeah i think this should be like it looks like a tool like it looks like I don't know something mechanical, mm-hmm. but also something steampunky almost. Yeah, but that is the that's the fun. Yeah, that's cool. I had a positive device is like security in homes. I think that's kind of cool. In the solo scene, hopefully, we won't have to be as afraid of people breaking in or like any kind of security issues. But even just with like fire monitoring and uh, gas monitoring and stuff, I think having those devices connected to some kind of internet where they're monitored, like. We don't need access to it, but like they're wired in how apartment buildings are wired directly to fire stations. So if the alarm goes off, the fire station knows. Mm, I don't hate that. I think about how often our alarm goes off. But it doesn't need to be like that way because it doesn't set off the whole building alarm, but there is an option to. Yeah. So I think something like that would be interesting. Generally, I don't really like that vibe of like, you know, the ads are always like, oh, check your home while you're away. But that's and not what it is. It's connected to some kind of central place. But why do they need to? So they can dispatch whoever. Yeah. I mean, it's very Maybe. like, I mean, I'm not super afraid of monitoring the way that a lot of people are, I think. I just. Surveillance I, or whatever. I Maybe I just have a, an unhealthy confidence in myself that I would be able to deal with any fires or break-ins. But what if you're on vacation? Then what happens? If things are stolen. So be it. I'll track the van down. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, the next thing uh, of mine is a home system slash smart board. So maybe security can be wired into that. I don't know. But basically, this is the massive, I don't know why I'm just picturing it as like a big screen on the wall. Like a smart board. Um, like a smart board into which your Tamagotchi is plugged. <laughs> because something I like, and I know people don't like these, and I hate them, but I love them, is USB sticks. Love, hate, definitely love, why hate. I hate them? We all know why. We all know why, guys. This would be like my stand-up comedy routine. You put it in, that's the wrong way. You try it again, that's also the wrong way. It needs that magical second flip. Third flip. To Yeah. But really, you only, you're flipping it. Yeah, I see. Way. I see. I'm sorry. <laughs> the third attempt. I don't know why that's the case. But anyway, so that's why they bother me. But why they fascinate me is because it's just this little physical stick that carries so much. And there's a little, maybe you uncap it, or it's like one of those that you flick open the thing. Yeah. Bang. Mm-hmm. It's like just sucking all the all the juicy data from whatever you want. But something like so the Tamagotchi goes in there and maybe it can have like this this cool kind of loading sound effect. Mm-hmm. Well this is why I say Tamagotchi. Maybe the watch has a small face and you slowly see the face appear on the television screen. Yeah. So this is more for maybe this has more storage we can log your data or it's actually a little bit more kind of internet friendly so you can like WebMD or whatever it may be, I don't know. But mostly I picture this as the, I don't know, 2013 to 2016 Nintendo commercials for the Wii U, Mm. where it's just a white room that looks almost laboratory like this. In fact, the living room, it's so clean. And it's the the mother with a yoga mat like in front of the screen, (laughs) or she's like FaceTiming her friend. 
and there's a dog on the screen and they're all like laughing about it mm-hmm. like that so facetiming streaming gaming mm-hmm. on, the, on your wii u which will be uh present in Seventeen. <laughs> also basically it's all in one and my main point with this is that this is what i have replacing the computer and the laptop in my Seventeen ecosystem mm. because you can have a detached mouse and keyboard so for instance something that i do often on a computer is type like type writing or emails or whatever maybe so you can do that but it's just on the wall Mm -hmm. so the thing with this is there's no privacy Mm. that was kind of my main point of it and i think that's cool yeah it also forced you to have the correct posture because you can't curl up on the couch with it or in bed you can't be like googling clown food or something that you wouldn't want other people to see. <laughs> and I thought along this notion of openness, because I think that would also eliminate a lot of vices people have online, we should log for a week our internet use and share it next week. Okay. We don't have to go into the nitty gritty, but like generally speaking, yeah. every search you make. Okay. And then put them on a graph or whatever. Well, we're going to share it on the podcast. I don't know if you... <laughs> the podcast is just holding the graph up to the microphone. Yeah. You guys hear that? Bars. <laughs> Maybe yours would be a circle graph. Okay, a few things. I'm just going to rapid fire them for my Solacene solutions. That there'd be the. It would never be required, the internet. So no QRs, none yeah. of that. Everyone would have a innate fear of being a phone zombie. So there'd be a lot of movies made about kind of Wally esque, but about people like walking into the street and not even looking up despite everyone honking at them. <laughs> everyone would have a fear of that. There'd be a lot more literacy with tech and regulation that isn't lobbied by tech companies or by people who are addicted to the internet. Uh-huh. So, like, when a device is put out, like, when I was reading about the EMFs, it was like, well, they all have the acceptable limits, but it's like, do we know if these limits are actually... Long term, of course not. So, we don't know. And what am I trying to say? So, yeah, it wouldn't be lobbied by that. It would just be genuinely always in the best interest of the people and of society. Mm. And yeah, our lifestyles would be enabled to be low tech. So we would just have radios and just have these options that aren't necessarily requiring phones. Yeah. Whereas now it's like impossible to even find those things for the most part. Yeah. This is why I think if we do an internet log, it will be somewhat enlightening because Mm -hmm. obviously there's all the leisure stuff. There's the clown feet and there's the vampire weekend videos. Also, we'll see like, oh, I needed to do this thing for my bank mm-hmm. or for the government yeah, or for taxes. It's like, and that sucked, but you had to do it. Yeah, it's true. Uh, the final sourcing solution, and then before we leave, I want to do some practical tips just for okay. fun, is the tech library, which we've been dreaming up for years. Of course. And it's kind of like an arcade, kind of like a library, yeah. but you go there Perhaps you need to do research for a project yeah. and you don't want to have to flip through the books that are outdated. You can go and like access the internet where all these things are stored. And obviously it has a huge potential because I picture like a casino being addictive, but they would have to be <laughs> they'd have to be designed in a way that facilitates you to get out kind well, of the way that stores are. Yeah, I mean, the SOA sites, they'll, they'll be a lot more woke to these. And like you said, they won't want to be there like mm-hmm. like gamblers do what all i wrote beside this one was go to town yeah it's kind of a double entendre go to town and then you know have fun but also 
you're physically having to go to town. So yeah, kind of the, the you're going to get hungry. What you just said about the, the phone zombies, that'd be a phone zombie. It would be really funny or fun if we made a like black and white, old school, US government style little propaganda film that could play in elementary schools about like, don't be a phone zombie, mm-hmm. akin to like reefer madness, the anti-drug stuff. I think something like that would be really fun. Things that you're not on board with it. No, I'm just trying to think of an acronym, like MAD, but it'd be... I think Don't Be a Phone Zombie is good. Yeah, okay. And cool. that guy with the voice in the background. Yeah. That also throws me back to all the propaganda videos you watched in middle school, just having a flashback. But my practical tips, practice good device posture. So if you're on your phone, hold it up. Be 80 years old. Yeah. Do that because it's better for your spine. And you'll find also that, that you don't like doing that, so you'll put the phone away. Yeah. Turn it to black and white. Um, limits. Say no to things. So, like, if you're at the restaurant, they're like, well, you need your phone. Be like, no. Like, I don't have one or no, I will not. Just say no. Go places and, without it. Yeah. Have no internet days. Have days where you leave your devices at home in a pile. Let them rot. Because <laughs> I think it would make you th- look at them and be like, oh, what am I? Anyway, delete apps. Because you don't have apps, or you at least didn't have any apps. Yeah, I have... Well, what do you mean? Do you have apps? There's several that you can't delete on, on Apple. Yeah, but you don't have, like, Instagram or no, anything no. like that. The apps I have that I have added, um, Apple Music Classical. Mm-hmm. So recently I traded in the, the regular Apple Music for that. I have an app called Quizlet, which is like flashcards, <laughs> which I, I... I mean, I know that's not a solo scene thing, because having flashcards would be a solo scene thing, but just, like, for practicality. Yeah. Yeah, actually, even that sounds very unsolicited. But so I have Quizlets. Oh, and I have a one that I need for work. But that's yeah, it. yeah. So delete apps. Just try deleting some. I wrote maybe even contacts, which is like kind of extreme. But again, don't know why I'm, this cousin was on my mind this week. But I have this cousin who doesn't have any contacts. Because I remember once being like, "Oh, can I use your phone to contact like a mutual friend?" And he's like, "Yeah, sure." And like gave it to me, and I was like, "But where's his number?" He's like, oh, his number is da 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 and just, like, recited it. And I was like... But what does that mean to have contacts? The numbers. Like, people's phone numbers. But how can you delete them? Because if they've texted you before, then... But the names. So you have to kind of memorize who's who. Oh, I don't have the names. Okay. You're well, the only one I have just because I like the picture that I have. <laughs> but I find that's something. You could just try it out. Trying to memorize people's phone numbers or even writing them down in a book. Install low-tech devices in your house. I installed a thermometer in our window. Right. And you said, well, why not just go outside and feel the temperature? Because it's just, like, it's interesting. I like knowing yeah. the temperature. What well, means you don't have to use the weather app? Exactly. Or get a radio, get a music player, what have you, a clock. Wow. A watch. What a radical idea. An alarm. An alarm, yeah. And just try it out. Because I've found doing these few changes have already helped us quite a bit. And sunrise, sunset... Experience them. And finally, be honest with yourself with how the internet makes you feel. Because it's easy to trick yourself into thinking, well, I watched Netflix on my TV for two hours and I'm relaxed after work. But studies show that it just ups your cortisol levels because of the excitement and so on. But reading a book with highs and lows doesn't do that. Like it, just be honest with yourself. Try to be transparent because we kind of fool ourselves into thinking we're relaxing when we're really stressing. Okay, thanks for listening, everybody, to this week's episode of ATP, Alicia's Therapy Pod. Just joking, it's Solacine. Bye.